1: The Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now here's your host, Sharon Kleina.
2: I want to invite you to listen to my show, The Power of Water, Environmental Changes, and Your Health. Learn to live with your earth. Listen to the show And listen to our guests. They are absolutely the most special people you'll ever, ever listen to or would ever meet. They're dedicated to the mission and life on this earth for you to feel better, be well, and learn. Think of the Sharon Kleiner Hour, The Power of Water, and Environmental Changes. Learning to live with the earth and the environmental changes. And learn about your health every day. And learn those tips. You may have heard it before, but learn it again and learn that there's something more to learn every day. Can you learn it all? Is it possible? No. Life is living each day from the moment you were born until you pass, and that footprint of passing to leave your impression on your life is vital. And the more you learn to be healthy, be well, you become part of an ecosystem of Excitement, learning how, what is important for you to be healthy. We have so much going on on this planet, and it is a planet, it is a family. Environmental changes mean if you get up in the morning, look at the weather. You get up in the morning, think about the day, what's going on in your day. Um, how do you live with it? How can you be proactively planning it out? If you're eating a hamburger that day, Think about what else you need to eat that is healthy. If you're uh, getting up in the morning and you know you have obstacles to solve, solve them. Think about solving them. Don't back off. Don't get worried. Just work at solving them. The earth gives you that opportunity with all that it is giving you and the power of all of it is there for you. I am saying that the power of water is the most important part of our earth and there's no argument. There is no um, anecdotal. There is no scientist, no one on earth has ever said that the water isn't the most important part of sustaining life, your life, and the whole planet earth to be here for eternity. So I chose the title to this show over two and a half years ago, The Power of Water. It is a crisis and you're learning more every day that people are not drinking enough water. Uh, we're made up of an estimated 50 trillion cells. The moment you were born, you left a pocket of water. You entered in the air you breathe from water. What would happen if I had taken an orange and put the orange in a glass of water and the orange would, and, and I kept some glasses there and I would pour with an orange in each glass of water and then I would take one out and put one in Arizona, put one in Oregon, put one in Montana, one in New York, one in India, one in China. What would happen to the dehydration of the orange? Yes, it'll all be different. And the moment you were born, you entered in the air you breathe, there are no two eyes alike, no two skins on the complexion alike, no two fingerprints. What it should be studied every day in research? The crisis of dehydration. We're getting drier and drier because the air is getting drier. So let's learn together. Join our show and listen. Enjoy the hobby of the excitement of learning and being in the classroom of this research lab. Because we're learning together, and always know that what we're learning together will always be learning more. Today we have a lot of excitement. I have Dr. Donica Moore, uh, who is from Far Hills, New Jersey, and is president of the Sapphire Women's Health Group. She has made her uh, issues of research and and um, mission. I'll call it women's health. And I'm sure she can tell us a lot about the men, too. So any of you men listeners don't think it's just going to be for women. But we're going to learn a lot today about what's going on with some of the latest research and discoveries uh, with women's health issues that are happening. Our second guest is Cynthia Kohler uh, from San Francisco, California. She's the senior consulting attorney for uh, the Environmental Defense Fund Land, Water, and Wildlife Program. The topic is wetlands and climate ecology, and as you know, that's one of my favorite researches, too. Uh, We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural moisture uh, to supplement the dry eyes with only all-tissue culture grade of water with just a mist, not an eye drop, just an all-environmental mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Dr. Moore.
3: All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you.
0: Listen. Listen.
1: The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. to the Sharon Kleiner Hour Health, Environment and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at yahoo.com. That's Hour at yahoo.com. Now back to the program.
2: During our show we have the first 35-40 uh, minutes or something to do with your health. And today we have Dr. Moore who is one has a specialty is women's health. And I'll look back at uh, health uh, as far back as the beginning of time, and men's health was always an issue. And when women would go to the doctor, a lot of they would have a habit of looking at women uh, very different than they did the men. Nowadays, we're looking at uh, in research as specializing in women's health and not always comparing it. To the men or separating it because it's a change of life and and the complaints that women would have that are feminine. uh, We're learning more. Dr. Moore, are you with us? I am and pleased to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, I really appreciate you taking some time with us today and I always ask our guests, tell us a little bit about you and uh, how you got where you're at today with your life.
4: Ah, I think I got where I am, I think, by serendipity and by trying to always say yes rather than no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but basically, I was always committed to becoming a physician from the time I was a little girl. Um, grew up in the 60s and 70s, and we didn't have women gynecologists, so that led me into the field of
2: gynecology and women's health. Now, we're having and, a little echo. Yeah, I noticed that. Okay, are you okay? Uh, I'm okay. That's okay. There, it's okay. It's fine now. Okay, great. I, I, I can hear you better. Thank
4: great. you. Uh, so I went into gynecology and women's health, and in the late 80s, uh, the women's health movement of that time uh, championed the notion that we needed to do more research in women's health specifically and not just consider women's smaller version of men. And this totally fascinated me, and from that time on, I really dedicated my career to not only the study of women's health, but also to educating women and using the media to reach out to women, whether in, um, I am the weekly uh, women's health expert on Good Morning America Health. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a new book out, Women's Health mm-hmm. for Life. And then, of mm-hmm. course, through my website, drdonica.com. Good for you.
2: Good for you. You know, I look back, um, I don't know what your age, I'm very open about my age. I'm going to be 68 in January. And I've been in research for way back in time. And um, and I was president of the American Cancer Society when I was in my late 20s, selected to the State Board of Health in Oregon, and, and I've moved my life into a concern about education and health. And I look back, Dr. Moore, and you're doing it right. Uh, uh, first of all, I think that uh, uh, wanting to do more research about women, they're the ones that are giving birth to these babies.
4: Well, absolutely. We also know that in general, women are the caretakers for their family. We know that women make 80% exactly. of not only health, not all healthcare decisions, but also of all purchasing decisions. And one of the things I've really uh, been talking about till I'm blue in the face since healthcare reform has become a huge issue is what are the things that we can do for ourselves that are cheap True. and easy and Healthy. It's worth it. It's
2: proactively worth it. Yes, yeah, I did on. speak
4: in Washington to a bunch of congressmen about health care reform, and I said the thing that's frustrating me so much in this whole debate is that there are two concepts missing from the whole discussion, and that's health and care. Uh, we're doing a lot of talk about reform. Can and I say something,
2: planning. add a little bit there for you, Dr. Mark, sure. health and proactive care? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, because for some reason, and we all do it, we wait, we don't buy the toothpaste until it's almost empty. We right. don't have one ready to go. And, uh, and, but I think what I found in my research all these years is we, don't, we, we didn't think about the proactive side of preparation.
4: Well, and, you know, Benjamin Franklin told us 200 years ago that, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, and we still haven't gotten that message. And we haven't gotten that message across. One of the things that fascinated me about your whole approach and your, and your radio show, quite frankly, is this concept of water being essential. Um, and it's essential not only to our planet, obviously, but essential to our health. And for the most part, for most of us, water is essentially free. Uh, you can get about 4,000 glasses of tap water for the price of a six-pack of soda, Right. Um, and yet more and more people are drinking soda rather than water.
2: And it is um, a crisis. In fact, you know, um, uh, the reason I chose to do this, and can you imagine coming at, at, at several years ago I started studying, and, doctor, I found, oh, my gosh, my knees were shaking, and I thought, we've left something behind. The lotion, the potions, the ointments, the surgery, the therapy, where's the emphasis on water yeah it's 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 one of those no
4: brainer what I call a duh moment um because it's so simple, and people don't think of it you know we're they're used to hearing doctors say, "Make sure you drink eight to ten glasses of water per day, but we never really say why to do that no, we uh, don't and no. I decided to have a radio show <laughs> and i think and I give you a tremendous amount of credit for that. Uh, first of all, people don't know don't make the connection between the fact that we're drinking soda instead of water, and the fact that we have an epidemic of obesity. If I had to pick the number one health problem facing us today, it would be obesity.
2: Well, and I would say, you know, I'm going to. This is all, uh, you know, our classroom here together, and the world to listen and and join our forces together here in this research for all of us is, if you're not drinking water, Doctor Moore. And you're not drinking those 8 to 10 glasses of water a day, cups a day, whatever you... You're made up of an estimated 50 trillion cells. Yep. And as you heard me start the show, the moment you were born, you entered in the air you breathe from water. If you took an orange and put an orange doctor in a glass of water and you move that glass of water in different places on the, in the world, but you took that orange out of the water at different times, they'll all have a different dehydration.
4: Right, absolutely. And that orange can be a metaphor for the human brain. So the human brain is composed of about ninety-five percent water. It is. Uh, blood is eighty-two percent water. Is
2: all about.
4: Yes. And the lungs are ninety percent water. Thank you. So yes. even something simple. Uh, one of the topics I've been talking about this week is women and alcohol consumption because of those tragic, tragic deaths of those children whose mother was, uh, you know, had a very high blood alcohol level when she was driving. Mm-hmm. When you drink alcohol. The actual size of your brain shrinks, and that's why you get a hangover, headache the next day.
2: It has to, or you wouldn't get the, uh, you would not have the um, uh, sensation or the relaxation, whatever you whatever you would want to describe it. mm -hmm. That is what uh, the alcohol is doing to dehydrate you. It's it's kind of like the the excitement of dehydration to bungee jump. Can you imagine if we were testing the dehydration of a person who loves to bungee jump and the excitement they get? Yeah,
4: and uh, we seriously. know that just a two percent drop in total body water can trigger fuzzy short-term memory. Exactly. Uh, trouble with basic math. De- uh, t- Dehydrate a cell to
2: where it's having to grab on. Can you imagine, Doctor? Let's play here a little bit. I'm glad you did this. Take them mind and go. If you took each cell, let's say you have fifty trillion cells. Well, that one failed. It's being so affected, has to grab onto the next one, and then the next one has to yeah. grab onto the next one. What is happening? The skin is getting tight. Well, then toxin begins to back up, and a lot of people, doctor, don't realize we do not go to the toilet as much as we we move toxin out of the skin.
4: Well, and it's very interesting because uh, you mentioned the skin. Um, as many statistics as I can give people about the health benefits of anything, any intervention, whether it's stopping smoking or drinking more water or eating fruits and vegetables, I can tell them all the health problems associated with those consequences. But the second I start talking to them about wrinkles, then I've got their attention. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, it can cause wrinkles but people also don't know that if you drink 8 to 10 glasses of water per day you Why can be aging, right you can well you can slow aging you can decrease the risk of colon cancer
2: and by maybe 45% the flu. and maybe doctor Moore, the flu
4: you don't know well the, well one of the things we do know um, about treating the flu is you know we always make fun of uh, doctors who say okay drink plenty of fluids take tylenol and call me in the morning um, and that's a standard punchline. But the fact is, drinking fluids is one of the critically important treatment measures uh, for the flu. We haven't shown anything in, as far as prevention uh, there, uh, but we have, in, well, we have shown it in prevention in terms of cancer. Um, so I talked about colon cancer, uh, which is the number two cause of, of cancer death in women. Uh, most women are surprised to learn that the number one cause of cancer death is actually lung cancer, not breast cancer. Uh, but lung cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but drinking enough water can also reduce the risk of bladder cancer by 50%. And, and so You, you talked know, about I'm, going to the toilet more. That's
2: why I that's wanted what to see a doctor. And I'm so grateful that you came, to, had the time to come on today. And I hope to have a uh, on more and more and get an, uh, a group to live a thousand years to think about. Um, you know, is what it is about our society from the beginning of time. We love things that are very complicated yes. and complex. <laughs> and when we get down and and, if, and when I walk in a room and I've done personal appearances and talked uh, to Wall Street or whoever wherever I have been and done my little thing, uh, you I walk in and I, I look like I'm coming out of Oregon, but I don't look. I'm wearing a suit. I'm carrying the briefcase, but people think, well. You're supposed to look like a flower child to be this nature, (laughs) you know. And I walk in, start talking about what nothing else but Dr. Nature. And uh, now today with women, what are you finding uh, that they're finding in research and anything that we could give some tips for the women audiences? And we're going to listen to our sponsor here later, and then we'll come back in again. But what are some of the things you're learning? Because you're definitely on a mission to help women with better education. Well, what's interesting is when um, when I
4: wrote my book, Women's Health for Life, what, what's unique about this book is that it was team-written by a group of women physicians. Uh, it was 13 of us. And so we each wrote the chapters in our own area of expertise, and then I had the pleasure of being the editor-in-chief. Mm-hmm. So I had, to, you know, I had to really read carefully everybody's chapters on the different organ systems. And I had to read it not only for content, but obviously spelling and punctuation, and what just jumped out at me uh, in every single organ system was the importance of exercise. Mm-hmm. And this is something, again, our mothers probably intuitively knew this when they told us to go out and play every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more research we do on the benefits of exercise... Oh,
2: exercise was a primary thing that just stuck out with you.
4: Absolutely. And if I could develop a pill that could give you the same benefits of exercise, I would be getting my Nobel Prize right now, and I wouldn't have time for this interview.
2: We're going uh, to, to listen to our sponsor, and let's come back to that okay. Nobel Prize. Great. Let's go get you one. <laughs> uh, no, I think you've, you've got a handle on something very important, because it's like I said, women give birth to babies, and uh, those babies come into the world with, a, with, we need to be proactive about health. And we have to be proactive about how we raise those babies. Exactly. Giving birth to them
4: is not enough.
2: Okay, we're going to listen to our sponsor. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing with just a mist with 100% tissue culture grade water to supplement the eyes when they're dry. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Dr. Moore.
1: You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
3: Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you.
1: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleine Hour Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program.
2: When we took our moment to listen to the sponsor, uh, Dr. Moore, we were talking about prizes that awards for people who have dedicated their lives to research and missions. Um, you noticed that in women with your research and with uh, some other uh, women who were writing a book, uh, other people writing a book about women, your primary focus became one that stuck out exercise what may, you know i I think about it we 're back to some common sense, but when a woman gives birth to the baby she 's carrying that baby she 's going through no end of daily routines on the go in a different way, lifting and pulling and and, and the house and whatever it may be. What happened, do you think, that she forgot about how to keep up with exercise during her life? Yeah, I've been
4: thinking about this a lot because I blew it myself when I had my children, and I got very deconditioned, and I didn't stay in good health, um, and I didn't take care of Now, I'm going to back
2: myself. you up for a minute, Dad, because that's a good one. When we all relate to ourselves, Are so worth it. But mm. what do you think you did uh, uh, to not be in condition? Um did you mean you really didn't have the exercise class? Or you I kind didn't of slowed exercise,
4: down? I didn't eat properly, I wasn't okay, getting nearly properly. enough sleep. I was trying to do it all. Uh-huh. Uh, I went right back to work, uh, and I was tired. Right. And I wish, the number one and, thing and it to took me time. a long time, I would say a good 10 years <laughs> to get back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the number one thing is I was just so tired. There we go. Physically wow. tired and sleep-deprived. And sleep is another critically important component for our health that is free. It costs no money. And in fact, exactly. getting an adequate amount of sleep would save us money because, of the, of course, the number one health consequence, serious and potentially fatal health consequence of being sleep-deprived is the increased incidence in car accidents. Um, but aside from that, you know, of course, being sleep deprived can also make you very cranky and irritable.
2: Well, very uh, dehydrated because you're uh, burning up every inch of your body to keep up with all of the energy that you're trying to uh, live that life when you get out of bed and you put your feet on the ground.
4: Right. So, of you're course, when we're roll. tired yeah.
2: uh, and we're sleep deprived, and we
4: know the average 44 year old woman in the United States only gets about six and a half hours sleep per night. And we really need seven to nine hours sleep per night. We can't make that up on vacation or on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, We also know that about 30 million Americans have chronic insomnia. Chronic insomnia is insomnia for more than 30 days in a row. Um, Now, President Obama outlawed the use of sleep deprivation as a torture tactic this year for potential and suspected
2: terrorists, but we still... give sleep deprivation to new mothers
4: all the routinely, and we think that's normal.
2: You know, there's Um, something to be learned because I know I uh, watch myself and I burn all the ends, too, and uh, you do, too. Uh, A lot of people do. And uh, you wonder, we've got to learn ourselves personally. Okay, I'm going to eat this tonight before how many hours before I go to bed. Now, this is my routine getting ready to go to bed. You know, Earth has a way, Dr. Moore. Have you noticed that Earth has its cycle and its planning and its uh, decision-making? And you look at it, there was a night for a reason. Yep. There was a daylight for a reason. There were climates for a reason. Uh, we're not looking at ourselves like, okay, night is here, and we must join Earth and rest.
4: Yeah, we, we have, um, I think television is a big part of that. Oh. Um, one of the big factors in helping me get back on track, however, was TiVo because if there was something I wanted to watch that was on too late, I could just easily T-bow it. Mm -hmm. And now I only watch television when I'm on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you know, that's helping me get back into balance. Uh, But I think most new mothers are overwhelmed for lots of reasons, but sleep deprivation is a huge factor. Um, In retrospect, when I look back in my own life as a new mother, and that was a long time ago, um, I have two teenagers now, um, the one thing I wish I had done was daily exercise, and it could have been putting the kids in the stroller and just walking, which again is free. I wouldn't have had to pay for childcare. Um, the irony is that it's a vicious cycle. When you're tired, when you're physically tired or mentally tired, the last thing in the world you want to do is exercise. Ironically, the only th- the only two things that can quote unquote give you more energy are exercising.
2: And sleeping. And drinking enough water. Well, drinking enough water can make oxygen. you feel a
4: whole lot better. Especially yeah, the water if like adds an
2: oxygen to the blood cells. And then you mentioned something uh, about the brain, and um, uh, in, in something else we'll discuss is women and dry eye, because that became a field that I, had, I was asked to get into years ago. I'd been studying the human skin and dehydration, and was able to figure out that one. And then I came along, and they asked me ophthalmologist research, uh, ophthalmology research said, could you look at the eyes like you did the skin and mm-hmm. see if you can find uh, what is happening? Because blindness is out of control, and there will be a generation of out of control blindness. I looked into it, and doctor, I was shocked. Every five seconds, somebody is going blind. And then I, when I got into it, and I could see that the eye drops were invented to draw uh, to trap the moisture. But if the eyes are dry, which all eyes are dry, the air does not have enough moisture in it, especially indoors, of course that the eyes are dry, and what happened is in the womb, uh, when the eyes are formed uh, immediately, they're connected to the brain immediately. Now, follow me on future research that could be f- something very fascinating. If the eyes and the brain are formed immediately, and you've entered in the air you breathe, and all of a sudden the trauma begins, you you as a baby had to learn to live in that moment of, uh, of, of the devastation of shock, because all of a sudden, you didn't have that moisture around you, that element around you. But the brain being 80 to 90% water, 85% water connected to the eyes, but the eyelid opened in the, at the birth. The eyelid, when it is open, is not covered by the skin at that second. Now, if I came over and put a little slice in your chest and slapped open the skin and said, let's let those organs under there have a breath of air, what would happen? you would not live. So what we overlooked in research is the dryness of eyes maybe causing a lot of exhaustion, allergies, the, uh, a dehydration of what is happening to the whole body and an influence that could become uh, a spark plug, that the eyes are too dry. And I noticed that you had on your sheet here, uh, dry eyes are more than just a nuisance. Uh, studying more about uh, dry eyes in women.
4: Yeah, this is a huge problem, uh, certainly for um, women, and especially in two
2: general categories. That will make first, her very first. tired. Yeah, you know, well, dry eyes make you very exhausted, mentally exhausted.
4: Absolutely, and and the first and and of course dehydration can also make you tired and suffer number from one daytime fatigue. Yeah. Um, estimates, by the way, are that about 75% of adults are somewhat dehydrated on a chronic basis. Um, but anyway, dry eye is, is a big problem for women, particularly around the time of menopause. Um, people don't realize that when you go through menopause, everything dries out. We talk a lot about vaginal dryness around the time of menopause, but dry eye can become a problem certainly uh, dry skin. And that
2: dryness doesn't, doctor, happen as you know as well as I do. That doesn't happen overnight. No. It, it can take actually Slowly anywhere two to ten years, years. Depending upon the individuality of the dehydration.
4: Right. The other category of women uh, for whom dry eye is a huge problem, and, of course, women who wear contact lenses, but it's um, far the a, a disorder category, are women with autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. And we know that autoimmune diseases uh, and autoimmune diseases include everything uh, from type 1 diabetes to rheumatoid arthritis um, to Sjogren syndrome, um, lupus, uh, Sorry, thyroid problems, lupus, all kinds of diseases. And most autoimmune diseases, uh, the overwhelming majority of them, are overwhelmingly They're more common in women oh. than men.
2: Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, so this is a clearly a problem. Uh, for women now, of course, there are many things that people can do to treat this on their own, including making sure that they're drinking enough water. Um, but usually, we want to remind people that if they're having any problems with their eyes, it's time to go consult their eye doctor
2: immediately. And what what we're finding too, uh, Doctor Moore, is we always wait until that we're complaining yeah. before we that we're we've, uh, we're back to that issue that I talked about that we should learn to be more proactive. Well, and about, we don't think of you know eyes are something we definitely take for granted. We have, so like the water. Problem. I've noticed um, that in my people, research. Yeah, mm-hmm. most
4: people don't know even what the symptoms of dry eye, eye are, mm-hmm. and ironically, one of the symptoms can be tearing. So you don't think of your eyes being dry if they're tearing, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly you know any kind of stinging or burning or scratchy sensation in the
2: eyes. Uh, well, and drowsiness.
4: Um, certainly, don't drowsiness, in the eye, where or, you're getting a little
2: clouded in the eyes, and people forget. That uh, that that is a symptom of dry eye, right? And eye fatigue, even just
4: after periods of reading or using the computer. Mm-hmm. Certainly, any eye fatigue when driving or blurry vision—you mm-hmm. want that taken, you know, checked out immediately. People also take driving very—we um, don't take driving seriously enough. People look at driving as though it's almost a god-given right, uh, sort of like breathing. Uh, and people are very loath to give up driving if they have any kind of medical
2: problems. Well, you're bringing up something that's fascinating, and um, we'll come up with computers in a minute, but driving the car all of a sudden because of the texting. They're finding it, oh, my gosh, people are texting. Well, what have they been doing? They've been eating, drinking coffee. They've been smoking a cigarette. They were eating a hamburger. They were putting on their makeup. Yeah people were doing all these things before they were learning to talk on the phone and yeah. texting there's a mul- you're right and I many times doctor I thought what about when they're testing people on uh, their eyes haven't they noticed they, and, and giving education do if you're tired don't drive your car you could yeah. cause an accident because your your eyes could become cloudy and and maybe you're drowsy and you may blink so many times, you're all of a sudden wanting to go to sleep at the wheel. Yeah. I've never thought about that before, like you just said. And fatigue
4: really decreases your reaction
2: time. Oh, it and does. fatigue is not just
4: from being dehydrated or having had alcohol or from being sleep-deprived. There are a lot of people taking very common medicines, both prescription and over-the-counter medicines, that they're not even aware that drowsiness is one of the side effects. And and it'll say on there, this can cause you drowsiness. Well, what it says on the bottle, and this is always just flabbergasted me, the language, it always says, do not operate heavy machinery. And every stand-up comedian has made a joke about this. Oh, what am I going to go work out in the fields with a tractor after I take this medicine? No, when they say do not operate heavy machinery, they mean don't drive. But An what,
2: automobile of machinery.
4: Yeah, and I don't yeah. understand why the yeah. FDA doesn't change that language to say to be very clear and say don't drive.
2: Um, but can I share something with you, and you know better than I on your end? But uh, the FDA can put so many guidelines in there, and they tell you on every commercial, on every compa- uh, packaging, beware, and this could kill you. <laughs> and people are not proactive.
4: No, they're not, and they and they don't want, and, you know, we, we've seen this issue in the news this past, you know, the past couple of weeks with mothers driving after drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always busting on people for driving under the influence of alcohol, as well we should, because we should have zero tolerance mm-hmm. for that. That's just insane.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're not.
4: Making people aware of the other dangers of driving under the influence of other factors. You
2: know that if we did, they'd be very aware of even those more extreme conditions to to, to be aware. If you're educated from the beginning of time that you're not to drive an automobile and eat, you're not to drive an automobile and, and smoke, uh, not drive the automobile drinking something or whatever more, and then you're all of a sudden thinking about how you should take better care of yourself with other um, other people and uh, other people's lives involved. In other words, think out what is best for all, not just what you want for the moment. All of a sudden, you get what's called good old fashioned manners. Yeah. <laughs> fancy that. <laughs> <laughs> what's the word uh, uh, that uh, to be a- 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 etiquette and good old fashioned manners? I remember way back in time, Doctor. They used to pull me in. This is how far back I go and when they started wearing miniskirts at the high schools here, and I went around to show the the girls how to wear a miniskirt. And then they asked me, and I remember, you probably remember when all of the schools didn't even allow uh, slacks to be worn way back. Right, I'm old enough to
4: remember that. And
2: (laughs) I had to go teach them how to wear slacks. But, you know, I will share with you, um, we have not learned how to be proactive, prepared for, and think out what's best for others than just ourselves. Yeah, and I think, and I think a lot of this, quite, quite honestly, is just
4: thinking about it.
2: So
4: we used to have a, a big sign in the emergency room where I used to work that said, "If you don't think about it, you won't diagnose it." Yeah, and it's just very, very obvious. But many times we miss the forest for the trees. Whether it's saying, "Okay." I shouldn't drive because I had Benadryl last night to help me sleep, which, by the way, is not a sleep medication. Now, what do you
2: think about sitting at a? We only have a two minutes left. But what about sitting at a computer all night and all day?
4: Well, that certainly will make you tired. Um, I don't think people should be sitting all day anyway. If you're at a sedentary job, you should at least get up every hour. And just walk around, or walk and go get a glass of water, uh-huh. Um you know, w- run get up and down the stairs fresh air. a little bit. Yeah, get a breath um, of fresh air. But and if the- you are too tired, I think we have to. We have. We almost have this culture, which, um, which promotes saying that you're tired is a sign of weakness. And we almost brag about how little sleep we got. Oh, I only got six hours sleep last night. Oh, that's nothing. I well, only got only five hours. We only have a minute
2: left, sleep. and I would like very much for you to tell the audience what you believe is one of the most important things to leave them with. And then we'll tell them about your website.
4: I, I think the most important thing you can do for your health is take simple steps today to make your health better than it was yesterday. And those steps can be free and easy, uh, but they should begin with literally taking steps and that's exercising. And exercising and your can be walking, walking, walking. The website right. is drdonica.com, and the book is D-R-D-O-N-N-I-C-A.com, and the book is Women's Health for Life.
2: Okay, thank you. And, and, they, and where can they buy it? Can they, uh, Oh, it's available everywhere, and, and find okay. bookstores everywhere, Amazon.com, all, all right, retailers. Amazon. Well, you, thank you so much. I did learn a lot from myself, too, and I know the listeners did, too. Well, likewise. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It was nice to talk with you. Take care. Be well. Bye. Well, what an education we get from our guests every week. And this is what it's about. And being proactive. And can we learn enough? And can we be reminded enough? No. And it's like Dr. Moore said, sometimes we forget when things are not so expensive and are free, that we forget that those sometimes are the best things to remember for ourselves. And that's the fifth footprint I talk about. Leave your footprint to make a better earth for you and everyone else, too. Don't uh, we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the supplement for dry eye with just a mist, all natural and environmentally conscious of uh, 100% pure water. We're going to listen to our sponsor, and we'll be back with Cynthia Kohler.
0: Listen. Listen.
3: All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you.
1: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinerHour at yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinerHour at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program.
2: Today we have a special guest, Cynthia Kohler, uh, who is Senior Consulting Attorney for EDF Environmental Defense Fund Land, Water, and Wildlife.
5: Cynthia, are you with us? I am. Thanks so much for having me, Sharon. Well, thank
2: you for joining us. I know how busy you must be. Uh, How long have you been with uh, EDF?
5: I've been with EDF for only a couple of years, but I've been working in water policy for the last 22. Okay. And why did you choose to uh, make that your full-time, let's say, occupation? Well, water policy, I think, is one of the most important things you can work on in the environmental field. I'm an environmental attorney. I I went to law school to do environmental policy. I started my career on Capitol Hill, and uh, environmental issues have always been my 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 big love. And uh, but but water, especially in California, is where it's at. Okay. So, and have you been studying water
2: on our planet, or are you just mainly uh, since you left the uh, Washington D.C. You um, have you been doing it more, more in California?
5: I'm interested in water on the planet, absolutely. But I have to say, my professional focus for the last um, you know couple of decades has definitely been California. Although okay. I, you know, we do e- EDF has a, a national water program that we're part of.
2: Okay, and tell us what that d- define that what that means for our audience worldwide listening. You mean about California? What Uh, what does that mean, Uh, the uh, Environmental Defense Fund? Uh, Define
5: uh, what that uh, mission is. Sure. The Environmental Defense Fund is a national environmental organization, and my program is a part of our Center for Rivers and Deltas, which Mm -hmm. are some of the most important um, aquatic freshwater uh, ecosystems on the planet. Mm -hmm. So we focus in California on the uh, San Francisco, San Joaquin Bay Delta. We uh, have a program involving coastal uh, Mississippi, we have programs in other, uh, rivers and deltas, uh, throughout the
2: country. Mm-hmm. What about coming in from Canada and, and, uh, other waters that are com- coming into California, providing them the waters from other states? You study that too? Because there's a you know, lot of states in, supporting California's water. Uh,
5: you know, actually we don't do much, um, in, uh, in Canada yet. It's a, it's, it's an interest mm-hmm. of mine, but California does, uh, other than the Colorado doesn't import that much more water. Most of our water comes, uh, locally, actually.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh And your your environmental uh,
5: planning is not including the ocean, but it's freshwater? Well, that's my program. We do at Environmental Defense Fund have a very robust oceans program as well, and uh, Mm -hmm. we work closely with them. Okay. Because you're right, it's all one planet. Well, you
2: have to look at it. You know, I've been studying water for a lot of years and And I found that the whole ecosystem is influenced by uh, all over the planet, by the waters under
5: the planet. You know, a lot of people, Cynthia, forget about the aquifers. Exactly. No, that's absolutely true, and that's been a major problem for us here, uh, particularly in the western United States. Mm -hmm.
2: Now, what do you think are some of the things you'd like to educate our world out there? Uh, Let's say we've got people from Kenya listening, and we've got people from... Uh, China listening, and all the different people all over the world that are also uh, having to go through a planning of their environment, um, whether it be the air and, of course, water is the issue because uh, Mm -hmm. it's a crisis all over the world. People forgot to plan it out way back in time, and the rivers are getting smaller, the streams are getting smaller. Everything is is getting smaller and uh what 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 is what are you doing to try to
5: work with the education for the world to understand wow big question um, i know I, I, yeah. <laughs> but and and i'm i'm thrilled that you have such a far flung audience that's wonderful because you know we all work on our little parochial issues but you are you've made exactly the right point, which is that, you know, water connects us all. And in one way or another, the water issues that we deal with in California are very much related to the water problems in other parts of the world. Um, here in California right now, we're actually locked in a fairly um, intense legislative battle. Um, we, uh, the, the timing of your program is really sort of extraordinary because it looks like today, actually, the California legislature may vote on one of the longest, um, t- you know, longest range of uh, Policy proposals for our freshwater that that they have for decades. Mm -hmm. Um, Now explain
2: that to us, so we understand what you
5: just said. Oh,
2: sorry. (laughs) I'm really good. I'm really a a radio talk show host. I always (laughs) like to get people to describe to me what they're saying.
5: (laughs) Um, California has, um, for many decades now, had a serious uh, set of water problems having to do with um, the conflicts, really, between our how we use fresh water, how we allocate fresh water from our mountain streams, and what that means for salmon and other fish and wildlife. The San Francisco Bay Delta Estuary is the largest estuary on the West Coast. So our organization, the Environmental Defense Fund, has been dedicated for a long time to trying to protect and preserve that estuary. But um, and although we've had some success, we have seen our fisheries decline dramatically. We now have seven or eight species that are endangered um, that make the estuary their home, and in particular, our salmon, which are really iconic here in California, are very much in jeopardy of slipping off, you know, out into extinction. They, um, you know, the salmon fishing industry has, um, you know, but not been able to fish for two years now, and uh, the numbers are the lowest they've ever been.
2: I've got to so, ask you something. Sure. Um, um, I'm sitting here, and I don't know if you know where I'm sitting. I'm sitting in in southern Oregon. Oh, I didn't on the know that. Rogue River. Okay. And um, and um, and I'm a born Oregonian, by the way. Okay. Um, now, when you're talking about the fishing and the extinction of the salmon, um, what did they do to stop all uh, foreign fishermen from so far out in the ocean, when the salmon are out there in the ocean? to keep them from fishing and not our American fishermen mm-hmm. because they were closer. Right. Uh, what about the foreign uh, trade, the foreign uh, fisheries that were out there and how far out they were fishing and the laws were on their side because they, were, they knew exactly where to fish within the law
5: exactly there are there are national and international boundaries and what we and i have to say i am not an expert on on those international issues what i do know is that at least as far as california salmon are concerned the larger issue is not fishing or fishermen the big issue is that we are dewatering our streams and fishing, at least nationally, is highly, highly regulated. So as soon as it became clear that these salmon numbers were declining, um, the you know the fast and the easiest thing to do is to shut down uh, fishing. So we actually have had a ninety percent decline in our salmon fishing boats in uh, in California over the last. But well, you know, um, you
2: probably heard that Oregon
5: is having uh, up the Rogue River mm-hmm. uh, a
2: record. Amount of fish coming, a salmon coming up. They had had no idea. I mean, more fish than they've had almost in history. I had um, heard and, that, and uh, I think from what I've heard, and um, that way back in time, they decided to try to keep the international fishing farther out than they used to. Um, now back, well, that to, could be back to the size of our waters, our fresh waters on the yes. surface of this earth. Um, I have this thing that I've been studying, and. And I'm a common sense person because I'm not as smart as anybody. I mean, honest with god i I have to study everything, but when our rivers have gotten lower uh, in areas that are not agriculture, but the the lakes and the streams and the and the rivers are coming lower because there is no way to save the water that comes down from the rains, they're all going, the ocean's coming up, and the fresh waters are getting smaller. And the aquifers are being influenced, and almost having to influence each other because there's certain rivers that are not flowing like they used to with an abundant amount of water, and those aquifers were below, drawing on Mm -hmm. other aquifers that can do so, depleting aquifers. What what are we doing? What are you doing in California to make sure that the aquifers are staying healthy? and then, and the rivers are not going to become uh, also an endangered species because water is a species.
5: I absolutely agree. It's a huge problem, and again, extremely timely. One thing we're doing, California um, is usually a leader um, in almost everything, and certainly um, on the environmental side, but we're not when it comes to groundwater. Most Western states are already monitoring and even regulating groundwater use, I mean, what you're really pointing to is the huge problem of groundwater pumping and the need to replenish and to recharge our uh, groundwater aquifers.
2: Yeah, and, and now uh, I'm going to say I, I mm-hmm. don't know. I would almost wonder to defend to what you just said. Um, uh, you had a governor one year way back in time, um, mm-hmm. Governor Brown, who had made possible for California to have those canals. That was one of the most brilliant people. In the face of the globe uh, you 're going to laugh because if i uh, here I am sitting here at sixty eight here soon, but if I could live to be one hundred and eighty uh, cynthia uh-huh. i would I would go out and try to have these canals all over the world because they they leak water, they put water over in top of the soil and and charge the aquifers because if you dry up the surface of the soil, the aquifers will go dry below you 've got to have that hydraulic um, absorption through the soil to sift, to get the soil um, uh, fertile the way it is with mm-hmm. water
5: mm-hmm. and not
2: let it become decayed and um,
5: molded mm-hmm. and
2: destroyed because of right. water going over. So I'm, I think California, as far as that governor, Um, uh, did something that every country, everybody all over the world should be doing because the water shouldn't all be going to the ocean. We should be holding some back for the years that we don't have enough. And And let's say 200 years from now, there is a very unusual thing happening with the organism of Earth cycle and maybe something around us in the solar system is
5: influencing
2: us and maybe our Earth will not have enough water.
5: Well, that is definitely something people are concerned about, although I'm not sure that building canals is necessarily the only or the best way, because... I'm Have they proven that yet? I don't know, I haven't well, studied it. I don't know that they've well there's a lot of people who've studied it and certainly uh-huh. um natural groundwater recharge allowing rivers to flow and you're right I mean California um really well, doesn't would waste.
2: naturally uh, flow if there was abundant
5: amount of rain uh,
2: you know well,
5: when no, farm, I mean California is really blessed with mountains so unlike other states our you, water supply is basically stored I'm sorry Do
2: they have rainforests up in the mountains there? You know, that's something I never studied. No,
5: no, 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 no. Uh, The Sierras are quite high. Uh And so uh, essentially our storage is snowpack. And then, you know, the western slope of the Sierra Mountains, if you're from Oregon, I know you're familiar with that, um, are many, many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dams. So the issue about just allowing water to flow out to the ocean is is, uh, you know, not so much our biggest problem. Our biggest problem is how do we allow those rivers to flow so that the groundwater can recharge. Um, The canal that you speak of has certainly been a boon to uh, irrigated agriculture and to Southern California. Um, But there are many, uh, I think, more efficient ways, scientists now feel, to... um, uh, recharge groundwater. And the big, the big thing that we're doing today. going to
2: ask you, um, because yeah. the world is listening on this, because you, know, okay. you know, different parts of the world, there's a crisis. And who, and who yes. has figured it out? I don't know.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I've had on my show a lot of, uh, heads of different watersheds and, uh, mm-hmm. planning and, um, and the head of the United Nations and, and, uh, NASA. And we could go on and on, the uh-huh. Geological Survey and more. Now, what is the theory? Of uh, let's say um, that um, the if, if there's not enough rain, yes, that uh, the aquifer below. And you know when Earth first formed, Cynthia, and the rains came mm-hmm. pounding down, mm-hmm. and they pounded down and filled up an aquifer, and then the aquifer was filled, and then it came to the surface called lakes, streams, rivers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the lowest point came, the drainage down to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Oceans now are growing, going up, of and then the fresh water is depleting, diminishing because of lack of planning of uh, those uh, canals and and the ways mm-hmm. to. It's like over in India and China, there's a problem, but for India is thinking about doing something to slow down this one particular river influence into India that India is needing desperately. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, into California you have found that the fresh water for uh, the human species and all life and trees and soil and aquifers, uh, you found that uh, there's another better way than the canals to feed those aquifers? Well, I've lost you because I I studied for so long, and I know those aquifers Mm -hmm. can diminish and fade away and be gone if there's not enough hydraulic replenishing to them.
5: Absolutely, I think there's no doubt about it. The canals, although, And not to, I mean, canals serve very important functions. I absolutely agree with you. They tend to not be the most efficient way to recharge aquifers. Generally, that is allowing the snowpack to do what it has done for a millennia, many millennia, and that is to seep back into the earth, um, which is how the, at least in California, which is how those aquifers have traditionally been recharged. The biggest problem we have with aquifers in California is groundwater pumping. So today the legislature is poised to pass for the first time in California a program to monitor how we're using um, water, uh, groundwater, how well, we're we using water in our aquifers. have a minute left,
2: and I'm sorry, sure. sorry
5: about 30 seconds. No what problem. would you like to leave the world to hear what California is doing for their water issues? California, I think, is turning a corner and instead of fighting against its ecosystem, we are now embarking, I think, on a new approach that recognizes that keeping a healthy ecosystem, you know, having salmon, having an estuary that functions like an estuary that's connected to the ocean, that um, you know, allows our, our rivers to replenish our aquifers um, we need to do that compatibly with okay. supplying water to people. Okay. And what is your website? Uh, www.edf.org.
2: Well, thank you. We learned a lot. Oh, I'm so glad you had me. I really okay. appreciate you. Thank sharing. you, and I guess it was histori- history today. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you, Cynthia. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, we found ourselves today learning a little bit about a lot. We learned about the woman's life in this earth who gives birth to this planet and we learned about the fam- the water of California, and you will have your own thinking on that, I'm sure. I want to thank you for listening today. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye. Leave your footprint like our guest did today and every guest has on the show. They're all leaving footprints for you to remember. I want to thank you for listening. Be well.